0: Hello there, everybody, and welcome to Things We Said Today, a podcast in which we discuss all things Beatles, both uh, their history and also what's currently in the news, and we'll be doing uh, quite a bit of that uh, in this session. I'm Al Sussman from Beatle Fan Magazine, and I'm joined by my cohorts, or most of them. Ken Michaels, who uh, many of you know as the, as the host of uh, a syndicated Beatles music show called Every Little Thing. Hey, Ken, how are you? I'm doing great, Al. Hi, everybody. Steve Marinucci writes uh, Beatle, the Beatles Examiner column, as well as a number of other columns for examiner.com. Hi, Steve.
1: Hi, Al. Hello, everyone.
0: Uh, our, uh, our resident musicologist, Alan Cozen, who's also uh, an esteemed member of the, uh, the Beatle fan family, um, he's in the process of transitioning to New England, so, uh, right now he's very much involved with that, so he unfortunately wasn't able to, uh, to join us for this session. But we do have our returning champion from, uh, from WFUV in, uh, in New York, uh, our, uh, recurring guest panelist, uh, Darren DeVivo. Hey, Darren.
2: Hey, what's up, Al? Hey, everybody. How you doing, Ken and, uh, and Steve?
0: And what I think first, uh, first on the agenda, uh is since it occurred only uh weekend before last uh as we're taping uh was the the induction ceremonies in Cleveland for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the induction of Ringo Starr as a um well as a a solo artist but uh, I guess more or more technically as a uh, as an influential drummer and for, before we get into that discussion <laughs> though uh, I believe both Ken and Steve have uh, some, some detail and some other uh, uh, anecdotes about what went on at the, uh, at the ceremonies.
3: Ken, let's well, you want, Okay, well, most of what I know is based, of, based on what I've seen online, and, and much of that comes from Steve's writings mm-hmm. in, in Beatles Examiner, that uh, Paul McCartney did the induction for Ringo, and um, his speech was, was really um, very heartfelt at least I think so anyway, and a bit funny. It was very nostalgic. It was mainly talking about uh, the early years for Ringo, what a rough life he had and how he eventually joined the Beatles and the Beatles became the Beatles once Ringo joined. He got a lot of cheers for a lot of the things that he was saying and um, I think his speech was was great, although I kind of wish that there was some mention about his solo career somewhere in the speech. It was just mainly talking about, you know the early years with Ringo and um and I also got to see online the performances with Ringo doing the four songs that he did and I think the performances were fantastic um he did Boys with Green Day backing him up which I think sounded phenomenal and he also did a Don't Come Easy with Joe Walsh joining in and then with Paul McCartney for the last two numbers and everybody else who was inducted or were presenters they they uh they went on stage and um they did With Little Health My Friends and I Wanna Be Your Man. And I thought the performances were wonderful. From what I understand, based on what Steve has written from his reporter, um there was a film that was shown about Ringo uh and his uh influence as a drummer. I don't really I can't really comment about the film since I haven't seen it, but I don't know, you know, if it was something that spanned his entire career, if it was just strictly his work as a drummer. But um, for one thing, I'm just really thrilled that he's in, because um, you know if you if you follow the solo careers uh, of the Beatles and when they each got in, in my personal opinion, and we can even debate this if you want, they all should have gone in one year after another. There shouldn't have been these long gaps in between. And uh, when you think that John Lennon was inducted in 1994, Paul McCartney had to wait five years before he got in. And then five years for George after that, and that was only after he passed away. And then another, uh, that would be 11 years for Ringo. It really is kind of shameful, in my opinion, because they all should have gotten in early on when they were f- first eligible. And, um, you know, we could talk about this. There's so many points I'd like to make about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but that mm. can go off on a lot of tangents, <laughs> as you know. And the thing about and, this, and
0: that may happen. <laughs> As a matter of fact,
3: the the thing about Mm -hmm. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is one of those topics where every time there's a thread on Facebook about it, I say to myself, I'm not going to read this. And then it develops into 200 people commenting and I'm still reading it anyway. Mm -hmm. I promise myself I'm not going to get involved in it. And then I do Mm -hmm. because people's feelings about music are pretty passionate. Sure. And who should get in and who's in there that shouldn't be in there. You can go on for hours on that topic. So um you know those are my feelings in general I, like I said I'm thrilled to pieces that Ringo finally got in it's long overdue uh I wish I can comment as an observer having been there but everything is basically what I've read online mainly from Steve's work and um and the videos too which I'm glad were posted online too mm-hmm. for those four songs mm-hmm. so that's what I have to say yeah
0: now the the, the ceremonies themselves which in the past have almost, almost every year they were, well, I mean, they began basically as just a dinner at the Waldorf Astoria. And mm. this year they were moved to a large arena in Cleveland. Uh, oddly enough, the same arena at which, at which the Beatles played, uh, in, in 1964 and 64, well, in 1964. But Steve, maybe, you know, maybe you can kind of fill in the blanks, uh, on this. You know, why was, you know, first of all, why, why were the ceremonies held in, in an arena? And, uh, and when, what can you tell us about some of the, some of the other detail that went on that night?
1: Well, I, I, honestly, I don't know about the arena part. They may very well have done that, you know, because of the, the Beatle history. It seemed like they did a little bit of um, of uh, you know on, of, ref, of uh, respect for the Beatles in
3: mm-hmm. there,
1: being that Ringo was you know one of the honorees. Ken talked about Paul's speech. I thought Ringo's speech was very warm, and uh, actually a lot more than usual. I mean, he was really—he seemed really touched by the whole event, and that—that that was really kind of—I uh, thought that was really kind of interesting. I mean, there was—you know—the whole issue about the Rock and Roll Hall Fame. I saw a comment this morning on Facebook that really was kind of—that really stuck out at me said Patty Schialfa is in the Hall of Fame and Mickey Dolan's is not. And I think that's – I think, you know, I, I do think that's pretty bad. Um, I mean, you could get into – we could get into the – and we probably will – the whole political bull that uh-huh. that envelops the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and why people like Yes, and the uh, Yes especially is a great example of somebody that should be in there that isn't. Yeah. Um, and the moody and the moody blues Right. well let's let's
0: thinking. let's save that for uh, right. for right. uh, a few minutes <laughs> okay.
1: as far as as far as the as far as the the ceremony itself goes ringo 's speech was was um, you know he talked about his history as, as a performer and and you know people were saying he didn 't mention his solo career well that 's not why he got he got inducted. He got inducted as a musician, and I, you know, so we can go on about that. But anyway, that's that's basically save,
3: save that debate. Save that save debate that for debate. later, yes. and say just letting it rest at that. Yeah. Right. Okay.
0: All right. All right. All right. Let's, let's, I, yeah, we'll, I, I, we'll, save, we'll save. We'll both of those debates. Okay. In fact, for uh, for a few minutes from now, um, one thing I wanted to uh, ask about was that the, the it, it was one of those kind of Beatles family reunions,
1: right. Yeah, there was everybody was there. I mean, Nancy was there, Olivia was there, Yoko was there, the whole Kit and caboodle, Everybody, uh, of course, Barbara was there. You know, her, uh, her sister was there. I mean, everybody. They everybody showed up. Uh, uh, Danny was there. I don't remember, remember if I saw a picture of Danny, but Danny was there.
0: In fact, there was there was one picture. I guess kind of a semi official picture that was taken at the table with uh, with Nancy. And Olivia and Barbara and and, Barbara. and mm-hmm. her sister Marjorie. Uh and mm-hmm. of course the the know nothings on uh in social media of course had to chime in with, you know, oh, where was Yoko? Uh, yes. I guess I guess the, those women wouldn't want her sitting at a table with them, you know, these idiots
1: yeah Yoko, Yoko was indeed there and
0: also at the table I
1: guess for a while was Jerry Lee Lewis who is a yes big hero of mine and I was that was the, uh, he's getting he's really starting to look bad and I yeah really, well he's I'm got some really on him. yeah and I'm really I'm really you know, every time I see a picture of him or hear him lately I kind of go "Ooh, god I can you know I'm waiting for the bad news but uh it was good to see Jerry Lee there um very good to see Jerry
3: Lee. So. Steve, you mentioned you mentioned that Danny was there, but I didn't hear about any of the other Beatles kids being there.
1: I didn't either. Danny was, I, as far as I know, Danny was the only one I heard that was there. Were, were I had, those kids there? I don't know. I'd... I would guess that they were, but uh, the people that did a lot of sent me a lot of the information would have noticed if they were there. Mm-hmm. They would have noticed, and they did not. Sent, they did not tell me. I could probably check into that. It's a little late now, but I mean, yeah. uh, and find out for the future. But uh, well, I, someone
0: I, someone did mention the fact that he that Ringo in his speech didn't mention any of his kids,
1: mm-hmm.
0: including well, including Zach.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what that you know. Yeah, I don't know what what the deal is. I would I would have thought they
0: they. Of would course, have then again, he apparently in the the original speech. Uh, because he did come back and made a few other remarks, uh, but in the, in the first speech, he didn't even mention Barbara. <laughs> oh, right. And, 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 yeah, right. And yeah, so. that's
1: right. That's right. And he came back and said, oops, I didn't mention Barbara. Right. So yeah, he got, uh, he definitely, you know, he had to, he had to cure that one or God knows what would have happened. But, uh, yeah. anyway, there we go. Actually,
3: uh, I was a bit amazed at how lengthy Ringo's speech was mm-hmm. when I read the transcript. Mm-hmm. He had quite a lot to say there. So, uh, I was very impressed with that.
0: Yeah. Right. In right. Fact, there was that funny moment where at one point Paul kind of tapped his watch and Ringo said, no, 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 I've got, <laughs> I, I, people are up here going blah, blah, blah. I've got stories to tell. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah.
1: So yeah, that was kind of, that was kind of funny.
0: Now, Darren. Gotta take the yes sir gotta take the choke chain off of you because <laughs> you were uh, mentioning uh, mentioning a little bit earlier that um, you uh, have some problems with the fact that that in effect uh, Ringo was given an award that used to be simply a sideman award
2: right and, and I guess I guess here is where we open up at least one of the debates yes uh, that we're hold, holding off on opening mm-hmm. Um I'm in total agreement with Ken and didn't even – did, I don't even think it occurred to me uh, how much time went by before Paul uh, went in and then George went in. And I still feel, although I I, I I know some people that don't agree with me here, I still feel that Wings should go in as a band. But anyway, the fact that Ringo, who I have felt for years should have been inducted, was finally I'm, – I'm happy he's in, don't get me wrong, but – The fact that he did not really get the ultimate, for lack of a better way of putting it, prize or honor would be a better way of putting it, of being inducted into the hall as a performer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I felt like when I heard that he was just going in as an influential musician, Mm -hmm. my immediate response was, gee, thanks for the consolation prize. You know, if I were Ringo, I would have said, you know what? Thanks for nothing. Um, because and I, and I have some you know as we go along some numbers to share about the commercial success that Ringo enjoyed as a solo artist mm-hmm. and I I right. feel like it holds its own against some of the commercial fortunes of some of the people who went in this year mm-hmm. and uh, if not surpasses it mm-hmm. uh, couple that with the influence that he had and Ringo should be in as a performer
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh so my immediate reaction was that Ringo was getting a consolation prize. Uh, I heard, Lenin or you know, as time went by, as the ceremony got closer and people were just saying Ringo's getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I was thinking that perhaps my mind was changing a bit because there's no more asterisk. I felt like there was an asterisk next, next mm-hmm. to it. I feel like there is now. Now, now that it's been – now that it happened and we saw the categories – and I really looked closely at what was going on that night that um, it's a shame that he's just not in as a performer because he deserves it.
3: Well, Darren, Darren, I think maybe you should use the word artist instead of performer.
2: No, I'm thinking I'm I'm trying to remember what I saw on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame website, uh, the way they listed the candidates and the category that they were going in as. I know that Lou Reed, they listed as performer. Right. OK. And. That's why I'm saying Ringo should have gone in at the highest level, which I'm assuming would be performer, because he's got the influence. But his commercial fortunes, while concentrated to the 1970s, there's nothing to sneeze at, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So and that's why I'm using the performer word.
0: It is kind of revealing the fact that that you know that 15 minute uh, film that was shown was. Almost exclusively about Ringo as a drummer mm-hmm. and really not you know nothing about him as a a performer as an well, artist
1: remember he he was hmm. inducted uh, the way it was announced, and I 'm looking at the site anyway mm-hmm. but the way it was announced he was inducted in the category he was given the award for musical excellence right that was that was what he was given, and it was right. funny to some of the comments online. From people saying, how come he didn't mention his solo career? You know, like, and, and, you know, you had to remind people that that's not what he was inducted for.
3: Yeah. Was that? But yet, was, I, I have quotes here. I have quotes here from Paul, Yoko, and Joe Walsh, all saying he's getting in for his solo career. They're all saying it. So that's got to carry some weight to it. Now I know there's, there's someone that I'm friends with in the industry who probably wouldn't want his name uh-huh. mentioned here. Who recently interviewed Paul, and Paul privately said to him, "He's getting in for his solo work." So Paul must know something on the inside of what he's getting in for. It's just that the way it was presented during this award ceremony, you know, it was more about him as a drummer.
0: I have a feeling that uh, perhaps because of the fact that it's taken so long, I have a feeling that Paul may have maybe um, you know bent a couple of uh, of uh, people's elbows.
1: He did. To, to, he did. It. Uh, yeah, sure I did. I wrote. I wrote that. I wrote that uh, a few months ago. I was told by a, a source that that was that that was indeed the case. That mm-hmm. Paul had something to do with it. But I think, getting back to the to the award itself, I think they did that because they knew that if they had inducted him as a solo performer, it would have raised a lot more. It would have. It would have put a lot more negative buzz on the whole thing.
3: Why? Okay. Wait
1: a minute. minute, Let me me finish. Okay. Because there would have been a lot of people, especially on social media, that would have complained about the fact that he was given as a solo career, and they would have said, no, he doesn't deserve it. Okay.
0: Whereas... First of all, too much emphasis is being put on what these idiots on social media have to say? Who gives a rat's fanny what these know nothing morons have to say on social media? You know,
1: it, I, it would have been I, I, to limit it to social media is wrong. I think it would have been you. You would have seen you would have seen it. You know, in the you would have seen writers come out with that.
0: Well, Darren have, I, Darren just mentioned that he has some stats.
2: I mm-hmm. took notes. Okay, let's hear. It. I have notes I have prepared here. Uh, oh, hey! hey. <laughs> um, we
3: have one. We have one professional amongst the four of us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ringo had a, uh, which we all know this uh, as hardcore Beatle fans and uh, uh, Beatle experts, uh, but it's easy to forget that Ringo had a concentrated period of commercial success. Which really rivaled a similar period of time. Let me try to make sense here. This 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 period of success that Ringo had rivaled really anything that George, John, and even to some extent Paul enjoyed. I'm talking no, I, strictly now commercially.
1: Right. Okay. I'm I'm Ringo. Go ahead. But go ahead. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Uh, ignoring Ringo's first U.S. single, which was "Bukus Blues." Uh, starting with Don't Come Easy right. in 71, which went to number four on the charts on Billboard in the United States. It right. Don't Come Easy started a run of seven consecutive top 10 hits. It Don't Come Easy, Back Off Boogaloo, Photograph, which was a number one, Your 16, which was a number one, Oh My My, Only You, and No No Song were all top 10 hits consecutive releases. All right, and that string goes from seven top ten hits to nine straight top forty hits. Uh, if you include after "No No" song, "Goodnight Vienna" reaching number thirty one, and a dose of rock and roll reaching twenty six. Right. That's Ringo's. Uh, that's um, uh, nine consecutive top forty hit singles, commercial success that Lou Reed did not have, uh-huh. the Joan Jett and the Blackhearts did not have, uh-huh. and. You know, speaking strictly Beatles, John did not enjoy a commercial run like that. Neither did George. Mm-hmm. McCartney, probably. I didn't want to get into the picky no, no. details. Well, it
0: took – it, t- but it took a no. while for him to get on it, it, that kind of a run. And But I'll give you even, a, even more of a contrast. There are other performers in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, – well, not to speak – ill of the recently departed but percy sledge is in the rock and roll hall of fame for one record when a man loves a woman is the only hit record he ever had the only pop hit record he ever had del shannon is in the rock and roll hall of fame basically based on three records on runaway hats off to larry and little town flirt because he had a couple of minor hits in 60, 64, 65. But, uh, but those three, you know, those were his three main hits. The Ronettes are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, besides the Phil Spector connection. They're basically in there for, really, you're talking about three records. You're really talking about Be My Baby, Baby I Love You, and Walking in the Rain because Do I Love You, The Best Part of Breaking Up, I Can Hear Music, none of them were really major hits. So that run that Ringo had in the early 70s really eclipses a number of acts who are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So right. He, right, so, sorry, so, really, so based on that, really,
2: he should be in as a performer. The, um, the, the, the songs that I mentioned, starting with his set, well, his... His, uh, his second U.S. single "It Don't Come Easy right. through a dose of rock and roll in 76. Uh, that is, as I mentioned, nine consecutive singles, all nine won top 40. The first seven of those nine were top 10 hits, and there were two number ones in there. If you really want to stretch it out and include Buku of Blues and Hey Baby, the first 11 songs to be released as singles of Ringo's solo career In the United States, all 11 of them showed up on the charts. And he has a total of 10 top 40 hits under his belt total for his career. Now, I know that sales aren't everything. Mm -hmm. But when you take that and couple that with the reason he went in as an influential musician, I think you're looking at somebody that deserves to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a solo artist, period.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And if you want to I really stretch it you. to uh, you know his full chart career as late as 1981 he had a top 40 single with wreck my brain. That's right.
1: But but, but the yep. thing is that if you try to logically piece this together you're going to end up screwed because there is no logic to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. Well, well you're right. It's all, that's it's true. All freaking politics and that's the problem. Well, you know? that's, right. that's why would-
2: you would think that, yeah, politics, you're totally right. But when it comes to a Beatle, any Beatle, politics shouldn't be at play here. And
1: I agree, I agree with you completely. I agree. But, again, we're talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I don't want to even, you know, I could I could go on a real rant and talk about, you know, the guy that's ahead of it and all that. I'm not no, going to do that. I'm just that
0: about that. to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, I mean, there's so many mistakes you know in there uh, it's it's just i mean the the people that aren't in that should be the i mean and the people that are getting excluded you know aced out because you know they uh, you know it's it's just crazy and and so you know i'm glad ringo is here
0: let know. me ask you guys if you you know if somebody walked up to you on the street and said is harry nelson in the rock and roll hall of fame what would you say
3: i would say he isn't yeah. But he deserves to be. Right,
0: right. Okay. I, for some reason, I keep forgetting that fact. But this morning, while I was, uh, um, taping, we're taping this on the day that, uh, tickets for Paul McCartney's concert at Philadelphia went on sale, while I was, uh, trying to get tickets, I happened to, on a, an article that actually is a year old, that ran in, of all places, Rolling Stone, the publication headed by the man who, for whom the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's nominating and election process seems to be very much a plaything, Jan Wenner, the publisher of Rolling Stone. There was a list of, t- I think, 22 acts who, at a year ago, uh, because Joan Jett was in that list, were not not yet in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and Harry Nilsson was on that list and me because I keep I keep thinking he's in, and the the fact that he's not in is absolutely is and you know it, it, there's a Beatle you know it's obviously a Beatle connection there, so that's why I'm I'm bringing it up, but the the fact that Harry Nilsson is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is very nearly criminal, it's mm, absolutely well, ridiculous.
3: Can and I add my race, my. my, my- my three cents in (laughs) there's so many ways you can go with this conversation and so many times i've I've talked about this with my family and and music fans for one thing i totally agree on with what all of you are saying steve's point of view darren's point of view if you've had a sizable number of hits you should be in but by the same token there are artists in the rock and roll hall of fame who have had less hits who are in (laughs) <laughs> like you just said, Al, there are people who have had more hits than Ringo. A band like Chicago, right. they're not in. Chicago has you know, never even been nominated,
0: let alone okay. selected. They've
3: right, never even been nominated. And, and many is the time, and I said this with Steve when we were doing our show together, that both progressive rock and heavy metal have been snubbed. Yes. With mm-hmm. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh Certainly, Genesis deserves to be in. Mm-hmm. But how could yes not be in? Right. You know, right. especially right. their career started pretty much the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but one thing that's very important to bring up here, and this is where everybody can debate, we all have our own criteria as to why, sh- why certain artists should be in. What if you're an artist that had one hit record, but you were a big influence? What if you're someone like Buddy Holly, who only had a few singles anyway, he died too young? But you know he had a huge influence. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he deserves to be in. At Buddy the same Holly time,
1: Buddy Holly is in.
3: Well, of course, I'm saying he uh, isn't. Sure. Okay, but you you can't just go strictly by how many hits you have. No. Yeah, well, now I remember, as as someone who's a big chart buff here, a guy who listened to Casey Kasem every single week <laughs> and wrote down the top forty every single week. That before we had the the top female hit makers of the Madonnas and Linda Ronstadt's. Right. There was someone named Connie Francis. Yep. Mm-hmm. Connie Francis had more singles and hits than any other female artist up until like the mid seventies. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's not in. Right.
1: Right. You know, okay. and I, 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 I was looking over the list here and, and I would even make a case for Brian Wilson. Even though the Beach Boys are in, I think Brian Wilson deserves to be in. But that's, you know, you could, you can but go. I'm,
3: I personally believe that if you have a lot of hits, you should be in. But there are plenty of artists who have had more than Ringo that are not in. Right. So, and by and by the same token, the idea that Ringo gets in the same year as Green Day, hello. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. right.
3: Ringo's solo career started in 1970, when the Green Day started. You have to have 25 years of of making records to be eligible. Okay. But you're telling that that's a slap in the face to itself. Oh yeah. In fact. I yeah. mean, I'm not saying Green Day doesn't deserve it, but why should he get in the same year as 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 Green Day and Joan Chet. Right. Wait your it turn. Makes no sense. You know, Green, <laughs> yeah, Day, I I
0: Green Day's first album came out 25 years ago. Like, I think it was 25 right. years ago last week. So they made it by,
3: <laughs> you know, a week. And also, yeah. not to not to take away anything from Ringo, you mentioned the Moody Blues. I always bring up the Moody Absolutely. Blues. Absolutely. They deserve to get in before Ringo. Mm-hmm or for that matter, any of the solo Beatles. Sure. You know, their their career started 64, around 64, mm-hmm. when they were a blues band. So, mm-hmm. you know, it really should go chronologically. And the very beginning of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it was exciting. Right. Because you got all these 50s artists in there that really deserved it, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Sure. But, but then it started to really thin out. And then you started to have a lot of inductees that stretched different decades, where it didn't really make sense why someone from the 80s got in before someone from the 60s got in. And how so about, I don't understand that. You
2: know? And how about when you start mixing genres, uh, which I have no problem with, uh, and I don't have an issue with Madonna's in, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, hey. good. Double check. I don't really have an issue uh, with Madonna being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because I think that she has rose above categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you start seeing certain, uh, maybe I don't know, uh, rap or or, or hip, artists, hip hop, g- uh, hip hop artists and rap artists come to mind going in before Ringo and those mm. bands that we've just mentioned. Chicago has always been at the top of my mm-hmm. list of the biggest snub period of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And even, mm-hmm. even if you don't necessarily uh, agree, like even a band like Kiss, I felt, should have been in so long ago. Think uh-huh. what you want to mm-hmm. think about Kiss. But their impact was massive, coupled with the fact that they sold a pretty good share of records in the 70s. And the fact that they didn't get in right away is, uh, is it was sort of ridiculous. It gets to the point where after a while you throw your hands up and you're like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to me is a really good is, is a really great museum to visit and that's all it is and it's a special on HBO once a year to watch for the performances.
0: Right. Somebody
1: somebody else it should be in, the Shangri-La's.
0: Absolutely. Well the Shangri-Las are again, they're kind of on that on that border. Um uh, because oh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't much like that. much like the Ronettes, they really did not have a lot of hits. And how much influence they had is You know is debatable
1: oh i think they had a ton of influence mary what mary weiss mary are they all those all those that those girls i shouldn't call them girls but they they were very much an influence they they influence guys that's for sure (laughs) but but they were no they were very they were very much you know the uh, style you know very much uh, very influential on the style back in the 60s and and, uh, well, I, I, well, think I mean, they, they, their,
0: their, their hit career was only about, it was less than two years. You know, you're really talking, you know, remember walking in the sand, leader of the pack, uh give them a great big kiss out in the streets, and I can never go home anymore. And by the end of 65, they were done. As when as, you start
2: opening up the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to bands like Green Day who were in on the first year of their eligibility. Yeah, that's
0: ridiculous. Right. Um, there,
2: I think the, the, the debate then starts – you can make – I mean that really makes the argument for the Shangri-Las more of a – Well, yeah. You know, these – just with those two songs, the major impact that they had – if you're going to put Green Day in the first year they're eligible – you know then you know let's really open up the floodgates although, if we should go with well
0: you know you know kind of taking it from their uh their aspect one could say that uh, you know the, the there was never a broadway show uh based on muse based on the hits of the shangri-las and you know the uh, green day was really kind of in the vanguard of the first wave of alternative rock in the early in the early nineties. In the early mid mm-hmm. nineties. And, and continue to have, you know, a good amount of you know, certainly of influence and success through into the new century with American Idiot, both the album and the
2: Broadway show. They belong so, in. But the fact that they went in so fast.
0: That's yeah, that's what yeah. I, I have a little problem with is that they that, you know they should have at least had to wait a year or two before they went in. And, you know, you mentioned KISS before, and one could say, well, you know, if they're going in mainly because of their abilities to as a spectacle and, and all, and their videos and all, uh, how come the monkeys aren't in? Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No? There you go. Yeah. It's right. Todd Rundgren's
0: but not in. But, you know, Todd Rundgren is yes. another one. I, I couldn't believe that when I heard yeah. that Todd Rundgren the- is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. That's
2: that's mind-boggling.
0: That's that's absolutely mind-boggling.
3: But again, Al, mm-hmm. we keep bringing up this issue of hits. I mean, Todd Rundgren to me is one of the most brilliant artists. I'm a big fan of his. If you think about hits and what the average person knows outside of his, oh yeah, his, it's just. Uh, Steady fan. He he has "Hello, It's Me" and "I Saw the Light", saw the light and it. and "Bang the Drum All Day," yeah. which really you know but became see, a big album cut. But I, and I'm not debating. There's a lot of other great songs he's done. Oh yeah. And Don't get me wrong. Really, but, but how- as far as the average person, what they know from him, right? You know, at, outside of his real strong fans, they only know a few songs from him. Oh
0: yeah. But, I, uh, but by the time that he really came to the fore, there was more. You know, in uh, the uh, the cri- criteria, say, for being elected to something like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was more than just Hit Records. Right. Uh, and that included influence and certainly, certainly as a, you know, as a, as a recording artist and as a producer and with Utopia and all, Todd Rundgren has had a tremendous influence. Mm -hmm. so i think he's an artist who certainly deserves to be in you know let me
3: ask you guys one question here okay i'm going to throw one act from the 60s that had a lot of hits who are not in the rock and roll hall of fame and you tell me if you think they deserve it because if you do it's really strictly because of the hits Mm -hmm. all right herman's hermits they actually should be in because And why do you think so? Because of the fact, because it's a different,
0: you know, you're, you, when you're talking the 60s as opposed to the 70s and 80s and beyond, you're talking a time when your barometer was having hit records. And Herman's Hermits from the end of 64 to about the beginning of 68 had a ton of hits.
3: He, they sure and did. And they,
0: yeah. Yes, they, they did. Uh, they certainly. I mean, if if you figure if the Hollies are in, that they should then Herman's Hermits should be in.
1: They had eighteen top forty hits. Yeah. Between those.
0: Between oh yeah. Those they should
3: absolutely be in. And and again, they've never they've never even been nominated. Right. But what's what's more important, having hits or being an influence? And oh. here's here's a very difficult question to answer. If you've already had a lot of hits, does that mean that? You are an influence anyway, because a lot of people have bought your records. You know, you could be an artist that had a ton of hits. And this is one argument that I get with certain people. Now, if you're talking about someone like Connie Francis, who I mentioned before, mm-hmm. one artist who had so many hits as a female singer is Olivia Newton-John. Sure. And she's not in. Right. Now, should we assume that since she had a lot of hits, that she's an influence? I would say Linda Ronstadt was an influence. Oh, absolutely. I don't know if... I don't know if Olivia was, but should we assume if you've had a lot of commercial success that you therefore have to be somewhat influential by the very nature that you've sold a lot of records?
0: I think to an extent, yeah, because uh, uh, I, I think because I think you can I think you can see the influence of Olivia Newton-John uh and certainly Linda Ronstadt on a lot of the country female vocalists. Of the uh of the eighties, especially the nineties, the Pam mm. the Trisha Yearwoods, people like that, the Ronsat influence particularly, and to a lesser mm. extent the influence of Olivia, of Olivia
3: Newton John as well. Okay. So really if you've had a sizable number of hits, we should assume that you've been an influence anyway. Right.
0: I mean Herman's Hermits actually did have a certain amount of influence because unlike a lot of the kind of if you want to call them boy bands of that time they actually were a band mm-hmm. you know that they actually that the other that the other members of the group actually were respected musicians and that they they did have a you know at least a certain amount of influence on kind of the your basic Pop rock of of later years,
1: and and that's really apparent in that new uh, Bear Family reissue mm-hmm. of uh, Hermits. Hermits. Have you heard that, uh, Al? I uh,
0: haven't heard the, the the whole thing. No.
1: Okay, I have. I have it. I am going to be writing about it, but uh, it, it you, it's there is. I mean, I don't know how many. I don't have it handy, so I can't tell you how many. But I think there is like sixty cuts or something. I mean, there is a lot of deep cuts in there, and they had some quality stuff that you know that. That you would not know about, uh, you would not know about, uh, sure. especially in the lousy mixes, you know, on those original albums. Those uh, albums were mixed horribly, yeah.
0: And uh, these sound much better. And, know, I mean, they were they were one of the first bands to cover Ray Davies,
2: right? You know, mm-hmm. this whole the, this is a, um, a fascinating debate, and I feel like the qualifications to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame need to be. A combination of influence, hit singles, genre you performed in, mm-hmm. and the era that you performed in. Now, if you did like Herman's Hermits have a massive amount of hits, and I don't, I didn't realize until just now how many hits Herman's Hermits had, yeah. my initial knee-jerk reaction would be to say, no, they don't belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, because they really were merely, I would be quick to dismiss them as just a pop group, uh, period, amongst all of these other influential bands to come out of England in the 60s. Uh, but yet, when you give me those statistics about how many hits they had, well, then that would kind of push them over the top in my book. Yeah, they may not have been the most influential, but commercially speaking, they blow so many out of the water, they should get mm. in. Um, okay. You know, another an, a, another a band that comes to mind that I'm a fan of, that I always felt gets the short end of the stick when being considered serious artists or three dog night had a very long run of hits yeah. and were very mm-hmm. good at the, they may not have written their own material but they were a heck of a band who were great uh, uh song interpreters who yeah they may not have been an influential band they just may have been a really good american rock and roll band and
0: look at the people that whose songs they were interpreting randy right. newman harry
2: nelson Paul Williams, Laura Nero, mm-hmm. Laura Niro, right? Yeah, you know they yeah, had, had great such a run of nothing else. The commercial success pushes them over the top. Maybe if they didn't have that influential bite that some of the artists had, I'm a huge Lou Reed fan, mm-hmm. and Lou Reed's influence was massive. If you look at his chart success, he's not a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer mm-hmm. as solo artist. So, um, but that that, that in, in Lou Reed's case, the commercial fortunes don't matter. And I think that in the case of maybe a Herman's Hermits, the influence is less important when you're looking at the accomplishments commercially. That gets Herman's Hermits in. Couple what Ringo has done as an influence with the fact that he had a sizable amount of commercial success. Ringo should have been in as a performer years Mm -hmm. ago, period. Yeah.
3: Um, And the sad thing is, is that if Paul McCartney hadn't done some arm twisting here. Yeah. You know, he, he probably would not be in. I mean, every single year since George was inducted, I've been waiting. And, um, I, I personally think that he's, he's like the Rodney Dangerfield of rock. Yeah. He really does not get the respect that he deserves. I think over time, more and more people are recognizing his great contributions as a drummer, but not enough attention is given to those sizable hits that he had in the seventies. And, you know, we live in a time when sometimes you hear that, that phrase of, whether certain music has aged well, which is something I know that Al likes to use <laughs> hey. quite a lot. <laughs> but of those seven top ten hits that Ringo has had, there are two songs that still get very good airplay, sure. which I would, I would consider to be bona fide classics. And they would be It Don't Come Easy mm-hmm. and Photograph. Right. I think those are two great, really great mm-hmm. songs. Absolutely. And, um, I think that he sh- deserves credit for that, plus the other top tens that he had. Plus as a performer, He's been a legitimate, you know, touring act for the last 25, 26 years, yeah. selling out almost every show he's done. Yeah. Plus, the, plus the performing with the Beatles too. So you add all that together and it's, it's pretty amazing. He really, you know, if he was getting in as a Beatle, he's already been in there already. Mm-hmm. He's getting in as Ringo Starr, which to me means as a solo artist. And Paul, Paul has said he's in as a solo artist. Yoko has said it, Joe Walsh has said it, mm-hmm. so that's how he's getting in, although the award itself was, was uh, for musical excellence, right. which I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here, didn't that all start because the E Street Band didn't get in? Uh, well, no, that's,
0: this was, uh, the, the award that Ringo was given was, uh, is a, uh, a different one, which used to be the Sideman Award. With the one uh-huh. they would give to, uh, you know, Al Jackson uh, from uh, Booker T and the MGs or other, uh, you know, other what they perceived as sidemen who weren't really performers as such. Right. You know, and then what they did was they upgraded that to musical excellence.
2: Is this uh, the first year of that category? Uh,
0: I think, I think it was a couple of years ago that they, that they upgraded, uh, the Sideman thing. In fact, actually, you know, now that I think of it, that may be the, uh, in fact, yeah, I think it, think the, actually the year that they upgraded it, that was the year that the, not the E Street band, but the, um, Bob Seeger, the Silver Bullet band, the year that, the, uh-huh. that, uh, that they got in. Which was the obvious hint that soon the E Street Band would you know, would be inducted. So it's what used to be a side man award. So it's so at least technically it's still um you know, he's he's not in as a as a performer. And of course Again, the know nothings in social media continue with all this nonsense about Christ, oh, he's luckiest man on earth. Pete Best was a better drummer. You know, these are these, these morons who basically they're, all they know about Ringo is the Beatle cartoons and Yellow Submarine. And that's it. That's all they know. And <laughs> so they, are, you know, they, do all this haranguing about, about, you know, he's a, he's, he's uh, he was just a, a hanger on. He's lucky. Pete Best was a better drummer. Stuart Sutcliffe should have been in the, in the band and all this nonsense, you know. And, and unfortunately, there are people that pay attention to this nonsense instead of basically letting these people know what idiots they are. <laughs> <laughs> but, see, but, but, but see, the, thing
1: the, I was just going to say to try to continue, continue to try and justify this whole, you know, mess, which is what the rock and roll hall of fame is is really kind of crazy because it, it really doesn't mean anything.
0: Well, what they you know? need to do is have some some specific like for instance, as Darren well knows, the baseball hall of fame. There are certain standards where if you, you know, if you get 3000 hits, you know unless there's a suspicion that you've uh that uh you know half of those hits were fueled by outside substances, if you get three thousand hits you you're pretty much a lock for the baseball hall of Fame if you get five hundred home runs if you win mm-hmm. if you're a pitcher and you win three hundred games, you're a lock now it should be the same there should be a separation between what you would what you might call the the a m hit records era. And the FM era of hits and influence, but there should be standards that if you get a certain number, if you, especially if you're, say, it's a '60s act, if you had a certain number of hit records, you should be in. Mm-hmm.
1: You know?
0: but, and, and get
1: Jan, get Jan Winner out of the selection. Process. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely, because <laughs> because he, you know, he really, you know, he was the man who, who you know, was caught with his hand in the ballot box. The year that the Dave Clark Five should have gone in, and mm-hmm. you know he manipulated the vote so that one of the rap, early rap acts, Grandmaster Flash, got in, and unfortunately, and it it ensured that the following year, uh, the Dave Clark Five would go in just you know on under you know the embarrassment of that scandal alone. Unfortunately, by the time that happened, two members of the group. Had, had died. Mm -hmm. Dennis Payton and Mike Smith, and Mike Smith passed away just a matter of weeks before the group was inducted. Right. And
1: that was, that was tragic.
0: Yeah. So, so, so absolutely Jan Wenner should be, uh, ousted from, but from that position, but unfortunately, there's so much politics involved in the, in the way the, you know, well, in the way the business, in, in the way the record business operates, there always has been, but also in the way the, uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know, it operates. I mean, there's a, a mid, mid-70s studio group that was produced by Bernard Edwards and Nile Rodgers called Chic. Who had, of course. A, who had a certain number of hits during the disco era. They have been nominated. They, you know, they've never actually been elected, but they have been nominated every year for I don't know how many years. And the only thing I can, I can uh, attribute that to is that it must, because they recorded for one of the Atlantic subsidiaries is that Ahmed Erdogan, who was another one of the architects of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it must be in his will. That they be nominated every year. <laughs> That's the only reason because, okay, you know, if you want to put Nile Rodgers and Bernard Edwards in as a, you know, as an influence because they were great songwriters and great producers, fine. But this was a studio bit, a group and what they're doing being nominated every single year is, is just beyond suspicious. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it really is a sham. Uh, but there'
1: winners in the in the rock and roll hall of fame oh yeah and a, as you know a, 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 you know if you if you look at uh, the, yes he has founded Rolling Stone magazine, but there were a lot of other rock and roll magazines uh, uh big rock and roll magazines out there bomb i don't know if you guys are familiar with Greg Shaw. Sure. Shaw that was a superb magazine mm-hmm. that was a fantastic magazine. You'll never see Greg Shaw in the Rock and Roll Hall. No, yeah, Crawdaddy. Crawdaddy.
0: I don't know Paul Williams. Paul Williams. Mm -hmm. Paul uh, Williams is
1: dead. uh, I think he's he's passed on.
0: it. Yeah, he has. And I'm not sure if they if they put him in the uh, you know the non performer wing or not. I'd have to I'd have to check. But uh, but yeah, I mean the fact that Jan Wenner is in there that shows you just how corrupt the whole system is there it's but,
3: and you know mm-hmm. something else i want to bring up we were talking about how progressive rock and and heavy metal has been snubbed i think the artists who are more poppier and lighter yes. when it comes to music they're also frowned upon absolutely
0: pong. ABBA, uh, yeah, Abba was, mean, um yeah i mean was the biggest group in the world in the 70s and yet they're they're looked on as this uh, as this lightweight pop band that you know grandmothers from Wisconsin boogie to at uh, you know when they go see Mamma Mia on Broadway,
3: mm-hmm. you know. And Would you know Al mm-hmm. off the top of your head? I was just thinking about Patua Clark. Is she in? I don't I don't okay, so. No,
0: I don't think so. I don't think so. And no, and she's no, another she's one not, who had not. she had a top between what sixty four. And the end of 64 and, let's say, somewhere in 68, she had a slew of hits, mm. you know.
1: I'm, pull it, I'm pulling my, uh, my copy of uh, Joel Whit- Whitburn uh, back, uh, back mm-hmm. over to my desk um, so I can look it up, how many. Now, but, yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. She had tons and tons and tons.
0: Yeah, and that's just and that's just here. In England, she had an even longer career.
3: And in fright- But the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is really based upon the U.S.,
0: she oh,
1: had, she, well, had yeah. she had fifteen top forties. Right. She had
0: fifteen
1: top 40s Mm-hmm. Uh between uh between sixty five and sixty eight.
3: You know, I can think of a number of acts who had a decent number of hits that are in the same category as some of the the same people that we're mentioning here. I mean, mm-hmm. um like uh the grassroots. Yes. Or or the turtles. Yes. Uh you know, those kind of bands. <laughs> I'm not sure is are the association in? No.
2: Again. No. Never okay. even
3: nominated, and that, and that's also, that's criminal, because... Okay, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. These are acts that had a lot of hits. Yeah. And I don't understand the logic. I can understand the love and spoonful getting in because they were also an influence. Yes. But if we're going by the same criteria, that if you've had a lot of hits, you must be in some way an influence, mm-hmm. then these other artists should be in too. Yeah, no question. Like I said,
0: there should be, there there really should be some kind of Pretty much strict standards that if you had a certain number, especially for 60s acts, uh, if you had a certain number of hits, uh, in, on, on the U.S., yeah, presu- presumably the U.S. charts and not just England because then you'd have to put Cliff Richard in or whatever. But it's certainly if you had a certain number of hits in America in the 60s, then you should be auto, you know, an automatic to go in. And then, you know, in the 70s, you know, once you get into the 70s and the 80s, it's a little, you know, uh, you know, you could use the combination of perhaps pop hits, but also their influence, uh, the amount of airplay that they got on FM stations because, you know, I mean, Led Zeppelin was not really a pop hit group, you know, let's face right. it. Sure. So, uh, and there were, you know, other acts, you know, like that, like, like, yes, like the electric Mm -hmm. light orchestra. Mm -hmm. Although
3: they had a lot of hits though. Oh, of
0: course they did. Yeah. I mean, but just based on, I mean, Jeff Lynn, you could make a case that Jeff Lynn should be in there on his own. Mm
2: -hmm. Right. As an influence. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. All right. Top three artists not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame who should be for each one of you. (laughs) Uh, Should I go first? Yeah, you go ahead.
3: I always say, number one, Moody Blues, no doubt about it, because they really started around 64, 65, Blues Band, then they became so influential for being, you know, one of the pioneers of progressive rock. I definitely would say yes. You have to put yes in there. If you have Genesis in there, how can you not have yes? Or for that matter, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'd have to say Chicago, because Chicago had so many hits, And their albums sold tremendously well. Their first few albums were were double albums or triple albums or what was it? Quadruple. I think their first first, few were... (laughs) The
2: first three three were were doubles, doubles. the fourth was a quadruple, and then the seventh was a double.
3: Right. And then if you say Chicago, you also have to put Blood, Sweat, and Tears in there, too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So so those are my three. Mines reverse. So I'll just let... Uh, Steve and, and algo because mine in that order are the opposite order Chicago yes Moody blues okay
1: well I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely say I'm gonna stick by the shangri laws I really think I really think they should be in um yes I'll, I'll also go with yes I'm not as strong on the Moody's although I do believe you know I, I think the Moody's should get in there but I mean if we're talking the top three the monkeys has to be the third.
2: And Al? Uh,
0: Harry Nelson, absolutely. Chicago, absolutely. And I would, um, among the slew of others, I'll, I'll pick, the, I'll pick a yellow. Nice. Okay. Now we have, All worthy. we have a couple of minutes left. So we really should get into the fact that, uh, that Paul McCartney returned to the road last week and, uh, that there are plans for him to, uh, do a few more concerts, uh, especially in the mid-Atlantic states, uh, later on this, uh, this spring. Uh, Steve, can you, uh, give us a, a capsule of, uh, uh of Paul's uh, concerts from last week? This make oh, his make the makeup shows oh. in, in Japan.
1: Oh well, he did he did he did a bunch of shows in in Japan last week. Uh, the the big news was that he added um, the uh, hope for the future to the set for the first time, and he he's been you know jiggling around the sets uh, as he usually does. The last show that he did actually this morning, this is uh, the twenty seventh. He uh, brought back uh, listen to what the man said. So. Mm. Yeah, he's been jiggling around the sets. Uh, he plays Budokan next, which is interesting. Um, he's gonna do a, a show at the, uh, Budokan where the Beatles played. So, that's kind of interesting. But, I mean, they uh, the usual situation with the, uh, with the shows where he's been jiggling around the sets. What I was surprised with was, if you remember guys, back when he was supposed to go through Japan the last year. time. What the like he was going to have the robot. He has yes. not used – the robot has disappeared. They have not brought the robot out anywhere. And I'm I'm kind of – that's kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, basically uh, everything, you know, seems to be uh, as usual. Uh, he's been doing his, you know, he's been doing the, the sound checks. Uh, um, this morning he did Honey Hush, Blue Suede Shoes, Flamin' Pie, um don't Let the Sun Catch You Crying, Not the Jerry and the Pacemaker's Son. Right. The, one, the one he, I don't I know where he got that song. It's a, it, was how, a, it, it was Ray
0: Charles. Ray Charles. In the, is, uh, that, yeah. is, that, is that what in, it is? In the okay. mid, mid 50s.
1: Oh, okay. Boy, he he loves that song. He absolutely loves that song because I, I don't think I've ever seen a soundcheck. I think
0: like, it's probably one of those songs like Celebration and a couple of others that I think, I think there's a Linda connection there.
1: Probably, yeah. But anyway so that's basically what's been going on with with the uh, with the shows but as far as the uh, the. US shows he is um, there's a couple more shows to be announced um, they have they have not uh, uh, announced them yet um, I reported last week that they were going to do Charlottesville, Virginia and Columbia, South Carolina, in addition to Philly, which is the one they've already announced.
0: Right, which went uh, on sale, uh, goes right. on sale this week.
1: Right. So the other two have, haven't; those others have not been announced yet.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and right.
1: apparently, I guess, I guess it's I guess it's Charlottesville. Is that the um, John um, John Paul Jones Arena has already put out a, a thing that they've got a big announcement coming. So,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, but they're not.
2: No talk about New York City.
1: No, nothing. I mean, uh, it, the, the information I put out is what it is. There's no, you know, I, there could be at some point. I mean, he did play Irving Plaza, you right. know, on Valentine's Day. But, you know, as far as I, it is what it is. What I put out there is what I, what there was. So there
3: you go. That's that's what it's like to deal with Paul. Everything trickles out. hmm Right. You know, and in a way, we should be really grateful that when Ringo tours, because he tours for a month to six weeks, almost all the dates are announced all at once. Yes. Which uh, is rare uh, when you compare that to what Paul does. Everything is always, you hear one, two, three shows at a time, and you take a gamble. Like he I said? did last year. You know, I saw him in Albany. hmm I didn't know if he would play any closer to me. I live in Connecticut, but I, I made sure I had tickets for Albany and I lucked out because he didn't play any closer. So, uh, and the year before that, he played at Barclays Center in Brooklyn. So, um, you know, he's usually very good at playing somewhere close to New York. And if Philadelphia happens to be the closest, that might be it, but you never know. But that's the thing. You know, do you wait and take a gamble and then lose out of the, when the tickets sell out? Or do you buy immediately? And that's part of the problem in in getting tickets for Paul. Mm -hmm. There is one song I want to bring up in the set list because, not a big shock to any of us, but he's doing Can't Buy Me Love, or at least he did that in the first show. And Can't Buy Me Love is not a song that's been part of his regular set list. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: He did it in 89.90. He did it in the back in the U.S. tour. But it hasn't been a regular part of the set list. He's done it at special occasions like the uh the David Lynch concert, the one that Paul and Ringo were at, he did Can't Buy Me Love, but it's been special occasions when he's done that. So I'm not sure if he's doing it in every show, but it's nice that he brought that back. Whereas the other changes that he's made, going from magical mystery tour to eight days a week, you know, he's been doing that anyway. So but um Can't buy me love is is a little bit of a surprise.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, in terms of, of, of the trickling out thing that you were talking about, Ken, it's actually kind of interesting that we actually got the information on three shows at once. That's That in itself, I think, is a, pretty much a rarity. And, the, you know, the question, of course, the question like you guys have already been throwing, throwing out is, will there be more? My guess is, you know, and, I, and it's just strictly a guess, is, yeah, there will be. You know, I don't think it'll only be three. Mm-hmm. But, you know, of course, everybody wants to know where he's going to go. He's already doing, remember, he's already doing, uh, the two festivals, the festival in Delaware and Lollapalooza.
0: Right. So, and actually, uh, Lollapalooza is the only show, at least that's been announced, that isn't in that, uh, mid-Atlantic, uh, uh-huh. quadrant there. Uh, mm-hmm. cause it's, so it seems as if he's uh, making a, a deliberate attempt at kind of, you know, getting, You know, getting those, getting those areas, which, uh, you know, I know in the past he's been criticized for, uh, for neglecting the South, for instance. You know, where he, right. you know, he hadn't played in Atlanta in quite a while. Um, so, you know, for instance, uh, you know, my friends over at Beetle Fan have, have been somewhat unhappy about that. You know, so that we can't all be Rick Glover, uh, traipsing around the world.
3: Right. As, right. As
0: fans on the <laughs> run, you know, but, uh, uh, but it does seem that he's, he's doing this particular quadrant plus Lollapalooza and perhaps more. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: we'll see. I'd be, I'd be surprised if he doesn't add more shows. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to do the Lollapalooza tour and not do dates around it. Yeah. Just for that one <clears> show.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Well, I think, uh, I think we've pretty much covered all of the current news unless there's anything that, uh, that I've missed that anybody... No,
3: missed. I think, I think we've covered it all. Yeah, absolutely. You,
0: yeah. All righty. well, I think... Uh, I think we've uh, we've pretty much covered it. So uh, this has been another uh, another edition of things we said today, and just want to thank uh, Darren DeVivo for uh, once again for uh, for dropping by and helping out.
2: Thank you very much for the uh,
0: for inviting me. Appreciate it. Great to be here, and I'm sure you'll be back soon. And for and also Alan Cozen, who's in the midst of in the midst of moving to uh, to New England, and hopefully he'll be back with us uh, hopefully next week. And uh, for Alps.
1: we should yes, probably tell everybody where they can hear us.
0: I was just about to uh, oh, okay. mention that
1: we're on uh, fav 4 on Saturday and Sunday at uh, noon and mi- noon on uh, Saturday and noon and midnight on Sunday. We're on Pure Prop Radio tuesday nights um and we you can find us on our website at uh, podbean.com and also on youtube we this show streamed on youtube
0: and ken you can tell everybody where they can contact us
3: they can contact us at our email address which is things we said today radio show at gmail.com we also have our own facebook page and please by all means like us you'll find out all things going on with the show on the facebook page and if you could, could I just plug my website, Please. which is KenMichaelsRadio.com? One new development on my website is that every single week I do a, a trivia question or a Beatle game, and I normally offer our fans one of three prizes to win. It's now been expanded to nine prizes. So uh it's a combination of books, CDs, or DVDs. So just go to the website every single week, and you could win one of nine prizes. It's pretty amazing.
2: And are your fellow... So, uh Partners in uh, things we said today, eligible to win these prizes?
3: Uh, But it's (laughs) very very possible. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe under a dubious name.
0: (laughs) Darren will use Junior Ortiz. (laughs) (laughs) Some obscure Met from the past. Exactly. New York Met. There we go. There we Mm. go. And, Darren, uh, you you should remind us of uh, where uh, where and when we can hear you.
2: All right. You can catch me on WFUV. That's 90.7 FM in the New York City, tri-state area, or stream WFUV.org worldwide. I'm also on the weekends on our HD2 channel, which we call FUV Music, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. And, again, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Saturday and Sunday. And the Facebook page is Darren Tavivo at WfuV Radio or on WfuV Radio.
0: Okay, that's great. All righty, and this is uh, this is Al Sussman, and for uh, for Ken Michaels and Steve Marinucci and Alan Cozen, uh, we'll uh, thank you for uh, for listening, and we'll see you next time.